We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing fantasy esports. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Dylan Cena. Dylan is the CEO of DraftBuff. He previously worked as a software developer at Amazon in various roles before creating DraftBuff. DraftBuff is a free fan engagement platform with the mission to bring esports fans together in a fun and social way. It has over 100,000 users and keeps growing. The platform includes fantasy esports for League of Legends, Call of Duty Pro League, Overwatch League, Rainbow Six, CSGO, and Fortnite. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, likewise. It's actually Senna. Sorry about that. And, uh, well, I did pretty good. Um, I'll take that one as a little bit of a mulligan. But, you know, to briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring fantasy esports. I'm pretty sure everyone's aware of how big fantasy sports has become, starting with fantasy baseball from the rotisserie leagues to fantasy football. And nowadays, every sport has fantasy leagues. There's also been a rise of daily fantasy sports. So this is different as it's, you know, you can make a whole new team for one day as opposed to a season-long one. And, you know, there's even fantasy sports apps such as DraftKings and FanDuel. Recently, as esports continue to grow to the mainstream, there's been a start of fantasy esports. And these kind of platforms focus on established competitive esports leagues and allow users to create custom lineups and earn points based on how their gamer performs during a match. In fact, platform Sleeper recently raised $20 million to expand its fantasy esports and launch with the League of Legends Championship Series. Now we know a bit more about the evolving fantasy esports space. Tell us a bit about your past esports and gaming experience. Yeah. Um, so. Um... I've always been a gamer. Uh, I started like Pokemon when I was five, uh, RuneScape, WoW. Then I got into Call of Duty um, and 
most of Call of Duty from like high school on, uh, and then Fortnite when it came out. My my esports space was more recent. I I my roommate in uh, my first roommate outside of uh, college in Seattle, uh, where I was working, um, was actually one of Draft Buff's co-founders. He he introduced me to Twitch, and he was telling me about there's a platform where you can watch people play video games and i was like why would i want to watch that um and i sort of just like watched alongside him and, and i sort of got interested um but my real like entrance and and where i fell in love with it was actually um like two years into my tenure at amazon i was actually diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma and I was on a six-month medical leave, and um, and video games and esports was sort of my 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 happy place, my place for for recovery. And and I just really got into the scene. I, I really liked the community aspect. I was uh, this was like right when uh, Fortnite launched. It was when World War II um, came out, uh, the Call of Duty World War II. And um, and my friend told me about the, the Call of Duty League, and I just really liked the scene, and and that was sort of my first entrance into the esports space. Um, it's actually during that time was when I also created Draft Buff, um, and so my my entrance into esports uh, came with my sort of Draft Buff idea. Okay, so it seems like you kind of took not the path of some of the other people we've had where they were maybe a gamer themselves or involved in the scene. You were actually really just a fan who loved games, but once you kind of saw the passion and the enthusiasm and following the team and what it comes with, it kind of illuminated this, wow, like this idea could be great. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit, so tell us how Draft Buff got formed, you know. Yeah, so I mean, I was I was on my medical leave, um, you know, getting uh, you know paid time off from Amazon, which is obviously incredibly fortunate. Um, and I was I was you know locked in my childhood home, and um, after like a, a treatment or two, I started to feel a little bit better, and I had free time, and I just sort of started hacking on a, a side project um, for I mean, the new Call of Duty was coming out and my friend was telling me about the Call of Duty League and I was like, oh, wh- why is there not any fantasy for it? And so I just started um, creating something. Um, I recruited one of my friends who who is our other co-founder and you know we just sort of put something together. And, um, and so what does that know, mean, put something together? Like you coded up a software a program? Yeah. Like- yeah, so we, um, you know, I was a software developer at Amazon. He was a software developer at Microsoft, and we had the skills to to build everything from scratch. And so we basically we built a website um, where you could do, you know, some some fantasy Call of Duty. Okay. So, what was kind of the initial vision when you created it? The, the initial vision was very much we, we weren't creative or anything. We were just trying to be the FanDuel DraftKings of esports. Um, at the time, um, uh, FanDuel was not doing any esports. DraftKings was still doing League of Legends. Um, this is two or three years after Alpha Draft was acquired and shut down by FanDuel. Um, it was after the, uh, Vulcan. Um, pivoted into Streamlabs, and so I was sort of like, "Oh, why is 
they're not anything here and and naturally gambling was the the first thing that came to mind um and what we saw was that people would post their team on twitter um and 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 start to to talk about it and like if you're i mean we, we weren't we didn't have any licenses or anything like there wasn't any kind of gambling here but you know we would put up a prize of you know a a, a jersey or, or something like that right and if you're um if you're playing for a prize like your team your secret sauce you want to keep to yourself right and so what we were seeing is that people wanted some kind of social community aspect and and so that was pretty illuminating for us um and so that led us to um to eventually pivot to a social free uh uh you know fun uh community based product rather rather than the gambling um and so that that's where we are now like we is actually like core mission statement uh uh that draft buff will never be a gambling company um and and that's like i think w- one of our core beliefs and um and, and that uh has many things to to do with what we learn but also just looking at ourselves in the mirror and and we didn't want to you know own a gambling company um so that's uh, a little bit about how uh, it has evolved from from where it was. Okay, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, coming from the legal space, know once you kind of get into gambling and all these games of chance, and then it just really complicates things and adds a lot more liability. And I think that coming at it from the more free to play, and when you think about the ESPN and Yahoo, who have had fantasy sports. You know, I have an account going back to 2000. Like, I've been playing yeah. fantasy football on Yahoo for 20 years. Like, I have a Platinum Beast account. And it's like, that's all been free to play forever. And I think that the value of my data, and, and as you saw over time, Toyota and every single other sponsor across the sun starts getting involved. Right. But it didn't, there's no cost of entry. I don't have to spend $20 a team or $5 a team. You know, anything you do between your friends is the same as if you have your own home poker game it's kind of not within the platform provider and it just not your business like you're that's not the service you're providing and you know i think that that opens itself up to a lot more potential users yeah yeah i mean like i think there is a place for gambling right like i think fanduel and DraftKings um investing more in the space um ultimately grows the ecosystem and and like there is inherent value to to that um and you know it it for us for example it it grows the ecosystem it um you know it gets better apis gets better data um it opens up more opportunities um so there like there's definitely a place for them and um and we're not like anti-gambling in that regard but it's not what we want to do with draft buff um and and yeah, it, it, like your your Yahoo League is probably what uh, your friends from from law school or from high school, right? That you've been doing with for twenty years. Yeah, exactly. You know, my high school friends, and it's shifted over time. But there's kind of a core people of you know ten or twelve, and you know you have rotating people for different time periods. But you know, it's one of these things where you just have an account, and yeah. whatever data you get as the owner, that's what you get. But you know, I think it really encourages people to interact and like you have, have this social 
platform and universe where you can talk about your players and compare it and see who's doing what based on rosters. And, you know, I know I sit up all day Sunday from one o'clock till <laughs> with the, the live tracker and the NFL.com open and, Oh, I got a, a two yard catch. Okay. Like 20 yard catch, you know, and really yeah. kind of following the whole tracker. So I think that there's a lot of value here. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So how did it start to grow? I know you kind of said you shifted kind of direction. Yeah. Um, so um, basically, like when we started, we were we were a website and we were just trying to you know, it was more of a, a salary style, um, the 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 DFS format. Um, about a year ago, um, we we shifted gear. Oh, um, one second. Um, about a year ago, we um, uh, we launched our app, um, and the we like a few months prior to that, we pivoted to to be the the season long fantasy league format, and and we also um, also went with a mobile first uh, approach, and so uh, we we launched our app about a year ago. Um, and so, you know, now it's, uh, it's a year later and, you know, we have our, our first full year notch into our belt. And, um, and so, you know, we've sort of, uh, now we're in the off season and we're just, um, you know, figuring out what's next, uh, what's worked, what doesn't, what kind of things that we have to adapt on the product. Um, and yeah, I mean, like it, it was an incredibly successful year. We, we've seen a lot of growth. Um, most of that, like uh, most of our marketing is, is through influencer marketing, and we found that to be the most successful. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can see a lot of ways to touch on that. But before that, 
what kind of makes your fantasy esports platform different? I know there's a bunch that have been emerging and some yeah. more, you know, exact established ones that have brought it in. So what puts it where do you guys fit in? Yeah. So I think um there's sort of um uh there's I think a few different competitors um, in the space. Um, the the first FanDuel DraftKings, as I've sort of talked about, are not really competitors, right? Like they are gambling companies at the end of the day. And so they're doing something very different than what we're doing. Um, the the next competitor would be Esports One. Um, and uh, they, I believe, uh, have just started doing cash cups, entry fee payout. Um, so they're they're going the gambling route as well um and so i mean they're they're honestly more competing with FanDuel DraftKings than they are with us um and so i wouldn't really view them as uh as a competitor um within the the season long fantasy leagues um sleeper is uh the one that has a, a more similar product to us um they just launched their uh, their League of Legends season-long fantasy league in May during COVID, when there was you know football and basketball was uh, ambiguous if it was going to return or not. Um, we'll see you know how long they support it and and what their their plan for that is. Um, but I think the biggest differentiator that we have is is that you know we are an a, an esports only platform and, and we are able to adapt the platform um to something that is more suiting so for example we have uh, like a battle pass we call it a draft pass um and this is something that every gamer is very familiar with right like if you played fortnite or league of legends or call of duty like you are very familiar with a battle pass um and that's not something that you know football fans or basketball fans are necessarily familiar with um and so I think there's uh, there's lots of ways that we are able to differentiate our product from them, uh, but there's also just marketing differentiations. I mean, their their logo is a football helmet, right? And so um, you know they are uh, very much a, a traditional sports with the uh, you know they spell esports with the hyphen, the capital S, whereas you know we are able to understand our customers a little bit better. <laughs> Exactly. So absolutely. So tell us a little about working at Amazon. Was there anything that you kind of learned there that you kind of use when you were creating draft buff? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I so I majored in, in math and physics and, and minored in computer science. And so, I mean, Amazon was my first job out of college. And um, and so I was just like a sponge, you know, I I, I didn't my computer science uh experience was limited and and a big company like amazon gives you just amazing training amazing opportunities to really grow um and i mean so it, it was a great experience um that at some point i grew out of you know at some point i just wanted a little bit more ownership i just um you know i i wanted to feel like i might I had a larger impact. I mean, it's just such a large company, right? And and uh, you are able to make a small impact, um, but you're, you know, if you just look at the 
when Amazon posts their revenue, uh, you know, you're not being mentioned at all, or, or, or like you're you're just such a insignificant cog in in the grand scheme of things. And and so and, and also, I was a developer, and I wanted to do more than just develop. Um, and and I there wasn't really a place for me there. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's an amazing company um, that you know maybe one day I'll I'll return to if you know I want a little bit more stability um, in, in, in a post startup world. Um, so. Sure. So how is it kind of working for yourself versus, you know, a large company like Amazon? Um, so the, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I mean, first off, I've, I've changed roles for the most part, you know, like I was developer and individual contributor, and now I am, you know, CEO. Um, and I think development is a lot more, straightforward like you know you know you spend the time and you can get the right answer and um and you know when you're running a business there's there is no right answer necessarily so it's it's definitely um um challenging but you're also able to invest in yourself and that's not something that um that you know, you're able to do else there. Uh, like Amazon is very much like focused on your output um, and less so on uh, investing in you. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm just able to, to, I think, like grow as an individual, which I think is very rewarding. Yeah, you know, there's something kind of like you said, seeing like, this is what I did. This is kind of the end result and just kind of, being part of this huger machine where you don't actually have as big an impact as you do when you're kind of running the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So shifting a little bit to kind of the licensing angle of fantasy. So what's kind of the current process? How do you guys operate? Yeah. I mean, so um, I don't know how familiar you are with, um, with like the court stuff that happened in the nineties or early 2000s but but basically um like stats are in the public domain and can't be copyrighted um and so i mean there isn't any licensing that is needed to to do fantasy um like stats are are publicly available and and so i mean there there isn't licensing if you were in the gambling side right you're going to need a license to to or the the fantasy sports gambling betting you're going to need a license to operate in most of those uh in, in most of the states but if you're on the free side um then i mean you don't need anything and it's because you're not really using like their images and the team logos and stuff um i mean uh like they are in the public domain. Um, you know, if you were to go to, for example, you know, any esports wiki, right? Like they're also going to have a photo and, you know, their name and everything, right? And, and they don't need permission from those to, to build that page. Um, and so it's sort of the same. Um, it's, it's different when you are profiting off of them, right? Exactly. So if, if I am selling something, um, if, if I were to create a player card, right, and I were to sell that, I'm obviously going to need uh, uh, some kind of license. But if, if you're just, if you're not selling, um, you know, uh, something with their name, then, then, then no, you, you, you do not need anything. 
Interesting. Yeah. So I know that in, you know, fantasy sports, most of the time they usually negotiate with the players association, like the NFL PA or the NBA PA to kind of get their likeness rights. And it seems that some of the other platforms actually negotiate with the developers and the league organizers to receive the gamers likeness, to use their name, their gamer tag, their photo, and essentially the team, when they agree to be part of the league, usually gives these rights to the organizer and usually the players when they sign the agreement actually gives the rights to the team. So it's, you know, really interesting to see how that has developed and how different it is between, you know, traditional sports and the esports world. I mean, I, I'm not sure if that's true that traditional fantasy sports need to negotiate with the players association. I think if you're, if you're, I mean, obviously you're you're the lawyer and you you probably know a lot better, right? Um, but I think if you are um, operating, a, uh, if you're DraftKings and you, um, you know, just have their name and their stats, um, that is in the public domain, and you wouldn't need to do that. If you are going to do a promotion with uh, with the name, uh, you know, like with LeBron's face, that's when you need um, permission. Um, but, but I mean, I don't think you would need it to, to, you know, DraftKings doesn't need to negotiate, um, to run its product. It's more on the the marketing side. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that there's definitely a lot of really interesting things going on and it'll definitely be very cool to see how it evolves over time. So yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the future of draft buff. Where are you guys going from here? Yeah, um, I mean, we're we're looking ahead. We're looking to you know to to grow, to to expand, to to grow the draft of user base, to go into additional esports markets, uh, localize. Um, I mean, there's just esports is very interesting in, in that it is so global, um, and so there's just so many different markets to tap into, um, and so that's definitely top of our radar um in the short term um in the long term uh we're right now we're only on the professional side of things and so you know i think there's sort of three flavors of esports there's there's the pro scene um there's like the the influencer scene um and then there's this sort of casual amateur scene um and so i think in in the long term future it's uh, eventually uh building out uh you know a fan engagement solution for all of those flavors of esports um the professional scene is is obviously the the easiest because there's just a lot more structure um and it it, it bodes itself very well to like a fantasy experience um but i mean you know yeah, how would you do the talent influencer one? I'm, I'm interested in that. Is it like how many hours they stream, how many viewers they average? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Nick Merckx, for example, every week does a subscriber tournament, right? So there's definitely opportunities. Um, okay. So more there. just on, like, peop, you know, individuals' performance in influencer-hosted events. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, we... We're still figuring that out, um, whether it is, you know, providing things in for their tournaments or it's providing things for their everyday stream. You know, I think um, there's uh, there's scenarios for both. I think like Twitch just launched their predictions um, extension, for example. And I think that's like one example of a very basic 
fan engagement for influencers, right? Where you can do this like channel points betting on like, uh, you know, who's going to win this game or um, am I, am I going to like almost like prop bets? Am I going to win this game in under 30 minutes or more than 30 kills? Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think like uh, that is uh, one example of like a fan engagement for influencers. And I think we will look to see what kind of deeper, richer games that, that can be provided. Um, are you looking at any new games or are you just kind of focused on the ones that you're working with? Um, you know, all of the above. Um, more more markets and more games for sure. Awesome. So, you know, I like to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? Favorite game to watch right now um, would probably be League of Legends. Um, I I really, really enjoyed Fortnite at its peak, um, but it's sort of gotten a little stale. Season um, 5 isn't doing it for you. Yeah, so um, right now I'm, I'm enjoying watching League. Okay, so what's your favorite game to play? Um, right now I would say it's probably league although uh our we we just started like my my co-founder and i we just started playing world of warcraft again i I used to play 13 years ago and then we just got back into it uh with shadowlands and um i mean i um i'm enjoying that it's a it's a nice nostalgic trip (laughs) a lot of people that like watching league of legends like playing it it's like i feel like you that connection like really adds something to it yeah. Um, so who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu. Hmm. Interesting. Um, interesting. There's so many good options. I think I like um, I like the Bioshock story the most. Um, like I, I just I really liked the Bioshock story. Um, the first one. Um, so I like, um, I would say the main character of that or like a, you know, a little sister or a big daddy. Okay, awesome. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, I mean, first off, you can go to draftbuff.com. Um, it uh, will have a link to our app. Um, or you can just search on DraftBuff on the App Store. Um, it is the off-season, but drafting should be open in about a week or two if anyone wants to have an amazing fantasy league uh, experience um, for the LCS, the LAC, Call of Duty, Overwatch. Um, that would be the best place to um, try it out. Um, they can also you know, follow us on Twitter, uh, Discord, uh, Instagram, etc. Um, I have a personal one that I don't tweet super frequently, um, but you can find me on LinkedIn if you're if you're interested and, and want to hear more about um, you know what I have to say. You can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. So you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in, and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes.